Well, good morning again. Uh, so we're continuing our sermon series in the book of Acts this morning uh, called The Unstoppable Gospel. So for the last few weeks in both uh, Sunday Club, uh, which the children and young people have been in, and then also here for the uh, grown-ups, we've been looking at Paul's first missionary journey. And this morning, we move on to Paul's second missionary journey, um, which you can see there on the screen. And uh, this morning, we're especially looking at what happened in a place called Philippi, which you can see sort of uh, up in the uh, top left of the map there, almost the highest point, which is in modern-day Greece. So our scripture reading this morning is Acts chapter 16, verse 11 to 34, and I'm going to ask Debbie if she would come up and read this for us just now. Thanks, Debbie. Acts 16, beginning with verse 11. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Samothrace, and the next day we went to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned round and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into the prison, and the jailer who commanded was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, 
and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in, the, in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was full of joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Well, thank you very much, Debbie. So then I wonder, can you guess the mystery verse this morning? So what I'm going to do to begin with, I'm going to ask four grown-ups uh, to come up here, and they're each going to read the exact same scripture verse, but in a different language. And uh, we're very diverse, of course, here, so we've got a number of different languages represented. And what I would like you to do is all to try and listen very, very carefully and see if you can either tell me what the uh, scripture reference for the verse is, or maybe what the verse is about. So if I can have Junior, and then Debbie, and then Nicholas and Jan, and um, Junior is going to read first, and then Nicholas is going to stand next to Nicholas, so um, Junior, then Debbie, then Nicholas, then Jan, and if Junior's nearest Miles, um, so Junior, Debbie, Nicholas, and Jan, and they're just going to read the uh, scripture verse, of course, without the reference, and uh, see if you can tell. Um, so Junior is going to be speaking in um, Samoan, and Debbie is going to be speaking Spanish, and Nicholas is going to be speaking in um, French, and Jan, Mandarin. So let's see how we get on. Oh, we're actually doing a local dialect of Mandarin from uh, um, Ningxia, right? Is that right? Yeah, there we go. Okay, thanks. Okay, over to you first, Junior. Ya no hay judío ni griego, esclavo ni libre, hombre ni mujer, sino que todos ustedes son uno solo con Cristo Jesús. Il n'y a plus ni juif ni grec, il n'y a plus ni esclave ni libre, il n'y a plus ni homme ni femme, car vous êtes tous un en Jésus-Christ. 从此不再分犹太人和希腊人自由人和奴隶男人和女人因为你们都在基督耶稣里面 
Thank you very much. If you guys want to go back down, thank you. So then, can anyone tell me either the scripture reference of that um, verse or maybe the content? If you can't get the scripture reference, you can try telling me the content. Does anyone know uh, the content or scripture reference of that verse? Could you even pick up any words from it? Okay, someone's got their hand up there. Okay. Okay, that's pretty good. Well done. Well done for uh, getting that. Most of us will be far much more used to the verse in English. So there we go. Um, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, which says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor um, free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And so this verse is basically speaking about the three big divisions which existed in the ancient world at the time that the Bible was written. The division between Jews and Gentiles, the division between slaves and people who were um, free, and then between men and women. And it's saying that in the church, in the church of Jesus Christ, all these divisions are broken down by Jesus now, this is where I need a little bit of help from some of the children and young people. So at this time, I need six volunteers. Um, if you could uh, come up, please, who would like to volunteer. I will start picking on people, all grown-ups, if you don't volunteer. So need some volunteers to come up to the front. Okay, Amelia, why don't you come up? Uh, anybody else? I need um, five more. Okay, Zach, that's great. I need, I need four more volunteers. So if you can put that on. Um, Selena, if you'd like to come. Uh, Will and George, is it? If you'd like to come as well, that would be great. And I need um, maybe Aviva. And anybody else like to come? If you can put on one of these. And if you put this on. And if you can come around here. Right, and there's uh, two more we've got here. This one. Okay, right. So for the moment, I need male and female to sit on these two chairs. So I need male over there. That's you, Zach, and Amelia there with female. And the other four, I need you to go back to your seats for the, the moment. Keep on wearing your things, and I will call you up when I, I need you. Okay, but uh, thank you very much for volunteering. Okay, you can probably all see what this represents. Okay, this uh, represents the great division that existed between men and women in the ancient world where women were often treated as being inferior to men. Now, some of you here at least are probably wondering, well, what has all this got to do with the book of Acts and the reading which we had a few moments ago? And that's a really great question to be asking. And the link is that in the book of Acts, in the passage that was just read for us, Luke introduces us to three Christians from the church in Philippi. Um, one was a woman, one was a slave, and the other one was a Gentile. And the reason he chooses these three profiles 
is because he is trying to make clear to us that each of these barriers that existed in the ancient world has been broken down by Jesus Christ in the gospel. Jesus Christ is the one who breaks down the barriers between us. Now there on your screens you can see a page from the Ambassador Membership Directory. And when we come to Acts chapter 16, it is almost as if we are looking at the membership directory for the church in Philippi. Uh, and so let's have a closer look at some of the people that we meet in it. And for each of these people who we would meet, I would like to ask three questions. Uh, one is, what were they like before they became a Christian? Then, how did they become a Christian? And then also, what were they like afterwards? So then, uh, let's look at the very first person who we meet, um, who is Lydia, a woman who had her heart opened. Lydia, a woman who had her heart opened. So what was Lydia like before becoming a Christian? Well, we're told there in verse um, 14 that she was a businesswoman. She was actually in the fashion industry. Uh, she was a dealer in purple cloth, we read. Then we're also told that she was very wealthy. Uh, we see later on in the passage that was read for us that uh, she owned her own home, for instance. Uh, she had a household that would have almost certainly included slaves and maybe servants in it. Uh, we're told later on that her home was actually large enough for the whole church to meet there. So it must have been pretty big. And then uh, we're also told that Lydia was an immigrant. Uh, she's not from Philippi. Uh, she used to live somewhere else, but she's now living in Philippi probably for work and then last of all we're told about Lydia that she was a worshipper of God this means that she believes that God exists she's maybe studied the Old Testament she was maybe associated with Judaism um, she goes regularly to the Jewish place of prayer we read by the river so that's who Lydia was but then how did she become a Christian well, we are told that Paul and Silas went to the place of prayer, hoping to find somebody there to talk to about Jesus. Uh, they started talking with the women who they met there. And then we read in verse 14 that Lydia was listening very carefully to what they were all saying. And then we read that the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Now, that may sound a little bit strange to us. The Lord opened her heart. Uh, what does that really mean? But all it really means is that Lydia came to understand the truth about Jesus. God opened her mind so that she could understand why she needed Jesus and that she, and that she was able to come to put her faith in him. And actually, this is a prayer that all of us here can pray. Um, Grown-ups and boys and girls and young people alike can all pray, Dear God, please open my heart and my mind so I can understand more about you. That's a prayer that we can all pray. And we will see that that is a prayer that God loves to answer in our lives. God, please open my heart. Please open my mind so that I can know more about you. And so we see that Lydia became a Christian. Uh, what happened next? Well, we read in verse 15, she was baptized. And then she was so filled with joy that she invited Paul and Silas over to her house for a meal. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And so this is the very first person that we meet from the church membership directory in the church in Philippi. Lydia, the woman who had her heart opened. 
And this shows us that God has removed the barrier between men and women. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, both men and women can now come to God in exactly the same way and be united together. We're all equal. Women aren't to be treated as if they are less important than men, but rather are to be valued members of the church, both accepted uh, in and through um, Jesus Christ. Okay, Emilio and Zach, thank you very much for your help. Uh, You can go down now. And uh, if I could have um, Slave and um, Free to come back up, that would be great. So if I can have Slave and Free um, back up. Uh, One of you should have a Slave one on, and then one's got the sort of um, chains being broken. So that's definitely you, Aviva. And here we come, Selena. So if you want to um, take your seats again. Uh, no peeking round it. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is obviously the division that existed between those who were slaves and those who were free. And this moves on to the next person uh, who I've called a slave who was freed from her past. And here we actually come to someone who's the opposite of Lydia in almost every single way, a slave who was freed from her past. We'll come to what she was like in a moment, but just before we do that, I have a question for those who are aged five-year-old and under. So if you're five-year-old and under, why don't you put your hand in the air very high? I know some of you will be out at crash, but there's a few of you you're here. Okay, I can, I can see some five-year-olds and under. Okay, this is a a a question especially for you and you can either call out the answer yourselves very loudly or you can tell a grown-up and uh, they can answer um, for you okay fives and under what are some of the ways that your mum or your dad cares for you okay what are some of the ways that your mum or your dad cares for you okay have we got hands up here okay over there Really loud. She, she feeds her, yes. So your mum feeds you. Well, I'm very pleased indeed to know that. So that's good. Okay, anybody else? Fives and under. What are some of the ways that your mum or your dad cares for you? Providing food for you is a great one. Anything else? In your case, your mum and dad probably sing you lovely songs, which is good. Sing songs to you. Lucy, can you think of any ways that your mum or dad care for you? <laughs> no! <laughs> she said that we help her with maths. That's, that's good. That's very, very good indeed. Okay, so those are some of, of the ways that people's mum or dad cares. Um, for them, maybe they help you with homework. Uh, maybe they take you to nice places like parks and playgrounds, uh, maybe the pool in your complex, maybe your mum or your dad uh, provides lovely food um, for you as well. Well, the next person who we come to in the story this morning, in verses 16 to 24, we come to someone who didn't have anybody at all to love them or take care of them. And so let's ask our question again, what was this slave girl like 
before she became a Christian. Well, she was somebody that didn't have anybody to love her or take care of her. In fact, the Bible tells us here that she had to work very, very hard, um, but she wasn't allowed to keep any of the money which she earned. Isn't that unfair? Uh, Imagine working very, very hard and then not being allowed to keep any of the money that you earned. You didn't get any of it at all. Well, that was what life was like um, for this um, poor girl. Uh, We were also told that she had an evil spirit that had come to live inside of her that wanted to harm her. And so here was somebody who had a very, very hard life indeed. No one loved her or cared for her, and she must have often felt alone. How did she become a Christian? Well, our story says that she used to follow Paul and Silas around, and whenever she came near them, the evil spirit would call out in a really loud, horrible voice. And all of this made Paul very sad. Uh, Paul was very sad because nobody cared for the girl, but he was also sad because he didn't want anybody thinking that the good news about Jesus had anything to do with this evil spirit uh, who was calling out. And so one day, you know, Paul had had enough Uh, He was deeply grieved, and so he turned around, and he looked right at the evil spirit and said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. And boys and girls, do you know what happened? Immediately, the evil spirit came out, and the girl was fully restored to her right mind. Jesus powerfully worked to get rid of the evil spirit, and although we aren't told it here specifically in this passage, I think we can assume that afterwards this girl was loved and cared for. She was loved and cared for by God, and I think she was also loved and cared for by the church as well. And so not only a woman, but also a slave uh, had come to know Jesus. And of course that means that our next barrier is broken down. Through his death on the cross, Jesus breaks down the barrier between those who are slaves and those who were free. Uh, Someone's status or someone's class or the job that they do no longer defines them. We are now new creations uh, or one in Christ Jesus. So thank you very much, Aviva and Selina. You can return to your seats now. And uh, we're going to take a um, short break and we're going to sing a song of response and we're going to sing the song that we learned right at the beginning of the um, service this morning which is called Jesus Strong and Kind. We've been reading about this slave girl who had a very very hard life but yet this song reminds us that no matter what our lives are like and no matter what is going on in them whether it is good or bad we can always run to Jesus because he is strong and kind. So let's stand as we sing together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Please be seated. So then, uh, remember that we are meeting um, three people from the church at um, Philippi, and uh, we're learning about Jesus, who is the one who breaks down the barriers between us. So we've already met Lydia, a woman whose heart was opened, and we've met a slave girl who was freed from her past. Then, uh, last of all, we also meet a jailer whose question was, answered. And so now I need my two volunteers who are being Jew and Gentile to come up. So Will and George, if you're able to come back up, that would be great. Thank you. So let's have Jew nearest me and then Gentile over there. So that's you're here and then you are over there. Okay, and uh, that barrier obviously um, illustrates the great division that existed between Jews and Gentiles uh, at the time of Jesus. 
Well, um, let me ask some of you, what do you think is the most important question in the world? Um, I googled this um, this last week just to see what uh, uh, answers the internet would come up with. And uh, this, this is uh, what the internet said was uh, the top five uh, most important questions in the world. Uh, number one, it said, is, am I happy? Um, number two, am I grateful? Uh, number three, do I like my job? Number four, do I feel good? And then number five is a question that I'm not sure many of the boys and girls here will think is actually one of the top five most important questions in the world. And, and it also shows probably that this uh, uh, particular article was written here in Hong Kong because it says that the number five most important question in the world is, do I spend enough time on my education? <laughs> Well, I'm not actually sure that any of these questions are really the most important questions in the world. But we can see one very important question indeed, which this jailer asks there in verse 30, when he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And uh, we'll come back to this in a moment. So then, why don't we backtrack and ask our three questions again. What is the jailer like before becoming a Christian? Well, uh, we obviously know that he was in charge of the jail. He was in charge of the prison there in um, Philippi. And then he was also a Roman. Uh, most likely he would have been a retired soldier. Uh, he probably used to be in the Roman army and had now retired. So I always imagine him as a sort of big, gruff, stern man. Uh, maybe like uh, some of the men in something like uh, Rescue Riders or Dragon's Race to the edge, uh, if you know um, those kinds of um, series on TV. And we also know that he was probably quite cruel, uh, because we read here that after Paul and Silas were beaten, he put them in the deepest, darkest part of the whole prison, where he could be absolutely sure that they wouldn't escape. And we're also told here that he was a Gentile or a non-Jew. Uh, he probably believed in idols, he probably worshipped idols that people had made, and he made offerings to them uh, if he believed in any gods at all. And then uh, how did he become a Christian? Well, this is uh, a really amazing story. Uh, we read this, that there's this big earthquake, uh, the prison is shaken to its foundations, which must have been a terrifying experience for everyone, and then we read that the prison doors kind of fly open and everyone's chains come loose. The jailer is filled with terror, uh, he knows that if the prisoners escape, he will be blamed because it's all his fault. Uh, and so he's about to take his own life by falling on his own sword. When Paul cries out, stop, don't harm yourself, we are all still here. And that's when the jailer asks the most important question of all, which is, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And then Paul and uh, Silas give him their famous answer in verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. So they explain to him about Jesus Christ and how he can know for forgiveness maybe for all of his cruelty and all of his worshipping of idols because of Jesus' death on the cross for him. And then we read about how his whole household, not just him, but his whole household comes to believe in God. And we know that it's real because he bathes their wounds and he takes them into his house and he's filled with joy. And so we see the last of the divisions broken down. See, Jesus has also removed the barrier between Jew and Gentile. Someone's religious background 
someone's cultural background, somebody's race no longer defines who they are. When Jesus makes somebody right with God, they are all one in Christ Jesus, united together. So thank you very much, you guys, uh, Will and George, um, Jew and Gentile, well done. And uh, you can return to your seats just now. And so hopefully you can begin to see that Jesus is the one who removes the barriers between us. These three people who we meet in the church at Philippi, uh, they all show us that Jesus has taken down the barriers between men and women, um, slave and free, Jew and Gentile. Now, um, just a moment to uh, clarify for the grown-ups. We need to clarify that we're not saying that these things aren't part of who we are. Obviously, after we become a Christian, we're still obviously male or female. Uh, We still obviously come from uh, particular cultures or background or races. Rather, the point here is that these things no longer define us after we've become Christians. What defines us now is our relationship with God, that we are united together as part of his people. Now, I suppose the really big question is, well, how do we apply this to ourselves this morning? And so there's a couple of application questions there on your notice sheets, and I'll, I'll need some help uh, probably as we begin to think through them a little bit. And so the uh, very first thing, the first question I'd like us to think about in response to God's word is, well, what divides us? You know, if some of the divisions of some of the barriers in the ancient world where Jews and Gentiles, male and female, slave and um, free, then maybe what are some of the things that might divide us? Uh, What are some of the um, ways that we might use to define ourselves maybe that make us very different, maybe that even um, divide us from other people? Well, if any of us, either grown-ups or boys and girls, can maybe think of any of the things that perhaps divide us. Uh. Okay, Selena. What race you are. That's a very good one. Why don't you come up again and uh, I would like to give you, and I need another helper as well. So we've got European and Asian. Uh, Lucy, would you like to come as well? So, right, you you take European and you can go over there and you can take Asian. (laughs) Okay. Great, so that's a very important one, isn't it? Especially here in uh, Hong Kong, and especially here for us at this particular church, where, as we saw um, earlier on, we've got lots of different races and um, cultural backgrounds here. Okay, anything else that maybe divides us? Amelia? How wealthy you are. Yep, that's right, so why don't you come up again, Amelia, and if somebody else would like to come up as well. Okay, well done, Selena. So which of you would like to be poor and which of you would like to be rich? (laughs) Amelia's going to be rich and Matilda's going to be poor. There we go. So you guys need to um, stand just uh, behind the chairs here. Okay, can we think of any other um, things that uh, maybe split or divide us, maybe ways that we use to define ourselves? Your wife says education, that's a good one. Well, why don't we have two volunteers, two grown-ups perhaps? Uh, So we need somebody to be clever and then we need somebody else to be maybe not so clever. So if you want to come up, we could do. (laughs) 
Right, which one of you would like to be clever and which would like to be not so clever? I think that's maybe the not so clever one and uh, Yida, you can be um, clever there and if you want to stand on either side of these, those are, those are really good ideas. Okay, what else? Um, what, what, what else are some of the ways that we uh, maybe use to def define us uh, but, but that actually um, don't ultimately? What divisions are there maybe between us? I'm sorry? Young and old, yep, that's a really great one, so sort of stage of life. I don't have any cards for young and old, but I do have cards for single and married. So uh, why don't you come up, uh, Suki and Chris, and uh, you can take a single and married card um, each. Okay, that's married, and that's um, single there, which uh, I guess is uh, one of the divisions that we have. Okay, what other um, ways, uh, what other things do we maybe use to um, define ourselves, perhaps? Which football team you support? Which football team you um, su support? That's a very important one uh, for some of you. I don't have that written down, but I do have whether you are fashionable or unfashionable. So, Nicholas, why don't you come up and choose one of these, and then I need somebody else to be what Nicholas... Now, I don't actually know which way round these ones go. So I think this one is probably the unfashionable one. And then I need somebody to come up and wear this one. Volunteer? Okay, Wesley, you can come up, maybe with Miles as well. So Miles can take the uh, fashionable one. There we go. Okay, I've got uh, a couple more. Any other things that divide us? Language. Very good. W would you mind coming up, Debbie? That would be, be great. We've got English and we've got uh, Chinese. One more volunteer to come up with Debbie. Thank you. Okay, if you'd like to come up, Max, that would be great. Thank you. You can take Chinese. So if you go on the opposite side there. Okay, and actually, why don't we give you this one here? So this one says jobs, and we've only got one of these because I didn't really want to put um, various different kind of jobs down. So why don't you have that one there, and you can stand over there. That would be wonderful. Okay, so all of these things are things that might divide us. Uh, the things that we use to define ourselves by, whether we are married or single, perhaps, what age we are, the kind of clothes we wear, how much money we have, what's our level of education, and so on. And we, we've seen this morning that the people uh, in the passage from the Bible, the story in Acts, were all incredibly different to each other. Remember, we saw a wealthy Jewish businesswoman we saw a poor slave girl who wasn't loved or cared for, and we saw a pagan Gentile Roman man. They couldn't be more different, and yet it, it, I guess for many of us it can often feel like that when we are part of a church. Uh, we feel that we are, are all incredibly different. So then, those are some of the things that divide us, but then we also need to ask, of course, well, what unites us? If these are the things that divide us, then uh, what is it that joins us together? And this is where we see that in spite of the fact that all of these people were so different, God worked in their lives so that all of them came to know Jesus. And that became the most important thing to them. God, remember, opened Lydia's heart 
The slave girl was freed from her past in Jesus' name, and the jailer had his questions answered and was saved by believing in Jesus Christ. And so it is with us. What unites us is that Jesus has removed the barrier between us and God. He has forgiven our sins, and because of that, he has also removed the dividing barrier between each of us as well. Those things that used to define us previously are not what defines us anymore. We've been made new and have been joined together as part of God's family in Christ. So much so that when you look through the membership directory at Ambassador, we see so many completely different people, all from different backgrounds and upbringings and uh, levels of education and uh, races and incomes and everything, yet all one in Christ because he is the one who removes the barriers between us. Uh, what does this mean for us? Well, it means that uh, we're going to love and care for each other as part of the same church family. Uh, maybe exactly like that um, slave girl, perhaps, uh, who is cared for and loved. Are we going to value each person as special and unique and someone who Jesus has rescued and died for on the cross? And it certainly means that we won't despise or look down on anyone else or treat them unkindly because of divisions like money or race or education. Well, we're going to remember what Jesus has done for us in a few moments as we come to take uh, communion. But before we do that, a big thank you to all of you guys. You can return to your seats now, and uh, then I will lead us in a prayer in a, a moment. Thank you. And now let's pray together. Father in heaven, we want to give thanks for these stories in your word of these people who were also very different yet they all came to place their faith in you we give thanks that this um, shows us how jesus breaks down barriers in our world as well and we pray that this would be our experience here at ambassador we pray that you would help us to live out our unity and that you would help us to love and care for each other in a way that brings you glory and we ask all of these things now in jesus name amen